Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. We are so grateful to collaborate with you. I'm Jill Annable. I'm here with Colleen McCoy-Sika, and I'm wondering, Colleen, if you have a favorite feast day. A favorite feast day? Yeah, I don't know, like favorite Saint feast day. That's a hard question, Jill. I'm sorry, I should have warned you. Well, I mean, because of where I grew up, I mean, St. Patrick's Day was always a really big deal. Ah, but... <laughs> okay. All right. We can go with that. But also cause... the St. Joseph's table. Did you ever celebrate oh. the St. Joseph's table? Uh, no. Tell me more. Okay. Well, well it's a, just another tradition. It was, um, okay. you know, it came right after. So uh, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, that's great. So yesterday was Our Lady of Guadalupe on December 12th. And this idea is coming from uh, what one particular school does on that feast day every single year. So this idea comes from Joe Marble, who's a Spanish teacher, which I love this, out of South Haven, St. Basil Catholic School. And Our Lady of Guadalupe in this school is celebrated different every single year because the Spanish teacher creates some sort of experience for students in the church. So a prayer service of some kind, but it's always a bit different. The last couple of years have taken on some different turns. Usually it has to do with students placing roses on the altar or in front of the statue of Mary or in some place in the church, but there's always some sort of storytelling that happens. So in one year, the teacher, so he does all the organizing and students prepare for this in their Spanish class, but they are moving kind of along where the stations of the cross go. They're telling a different section of the story of our lady. And so instead of using the stations of the cross, they're kind of using the stations of the story. And so in those cases that you have a student who's going to read and you have a student who's holding a candle and you have a student who's holding um, an image of our lady of Guadalupe. And so you're kind of hearing that whole story in other years, students would act out the scenes of the story. So now they're in the front of the church acting out Juan Diego and seeing, you know, seeing the, the, you know, seeing the image on the cloak and and that, that whole story. I thought that was really, really fascinating. And for those who don't know the lady of our Guadalupe story, should I be telling the story? I guess I'm not sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, oh gosh, now I'm going to be put on the spot of telling the story. So Juan Diego Mexico City. So this is a tradition out of our Latino church. So Juan Diego saw the Blessed Mother on a hill in Mexico City. She told Juan to have a church built in her honor. When Juan went back to his bishop about this, the bishop did not understand his dialect, his Indian dialect, and he didn't believe that he saw Mary. So three days later on December 12th, Mary appeared again to Juan Diego. And at this time, she gave him a sign for the bishop. She said, take these roses to the bishop. And she arranged in his cloak, beautiful roses. So he's holding, so Juan Diego's holding these roses in his cloak. And when he went back into the bishop's room, Juan Diego opened his cloak and out dropped the roses. And on his cloak then, on his opened cloak, there remained an image of Mary as she appeared to Juan Diego. And so the image of Mary on the cloak is known as Our Lady of Guadalupe for an interesting reason. Because on that same day, Mary appeared also to Juan's uncle, and cured him, giving him a message for the bishop saying that she would crush the serpent's head. And the bishop did not understand the Indian's language. The Indian word for crush the serpent sounded to him like Guadalupe, which is the name of Mary's shrine in Spain. 
So thinking that the Virgin wanted the new shrine to have the same name, the Bishop called her Our Lady of Guadalupe. So there's a lot to the story. Like the story goes on and on and on, which is a beautiful story, which is why acting it out or telling segments of the story over time is really beautiful. Now, there is a school in Los Angeles that has a beautiful statue. I know you've been here, St. Teresa of oh, yeah. Avila oh. in Los Angeles. Yes. It has this beautiful, maybe we should post a picture of this, of Juan Diego and the cloak and the, you know, like the, the whole thing is like, life-size statues of, of this because their parish is Latino, but also Filipino. It's like beautiful cultural school and church there in Los Angeles. But I think about that often, but how we honor certain feast days is very interesting to me. And knowing that they have an all school assembly in this way of telling the story of our lady is, is just a beautiful testament to our faith. And that we have the faith tradition. We have the Bible. We have also the story of our saints and St. Juan Diego and Our Lady of Guadalupe is one of those beautiful stories. And Jill, I know we've talked about this because we both went to Catholic school in the Midwest and there are certain traditions that we perhaps did not celebrate in the Midwest. I know that my school was just not very diverse. And so there were certain things that we didn't celebrate. And this was one of them. Now my awareness right. of Our Lady of Guadalupe, sure, you know, an awareness, but lo and behold, here I moved to Phoenix, Arizona, where in the diocese of Phoenix, our lady of Guadalupe is the patron saint of our diocese. Mm. So, oh yes. So <laughs> you can go in any church and see beautiful renderings of our lady and statues, paintings, beautiful, beautiful things. I also, you know, something interesting to me when I came here as assistant superintendent and discovered that sometimes on uh, the feast day, the parish and the school would come together and have these huge celebrations. I mean, mm. There's, wow. you don't, you don't plan school that day because mm. it's the feast day and it it's huge. I mean, parades, celebrations, um, you know, big, beautiful, beautiful masses to honor our lady. So that is something that was new to me that I have a new appreciation for being in this diocese. Yeah, that's fantastic. There's always more saints than uh, we know the stories of like, uh, we, that's totally true. But I think each community embraces different saints, whether it's the it's the church named for the saint or the patron saint of like your saint of the diocese or of the school. But Definitely. yeah, I that, love learning these. The, the part of the story that you told after you know, the, the image on the cloak. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think that was the extent of my understanding of the story. So <laughs> you yeah, tell it. that's no. why I said, tell the story. I don't always know the whole story for sure. Right. I, I didn't know where did the not. name came from either. I assume I, I just don't, I just made, made assumptions that of something was always a legit thing, but I loved that it's, it was a misunderstanding of the language. And actually I learned about this. So I just want to give credit to where I found it on the website. This is actually on Loyola Press's website. So if you are searching Our Lady of Guadalupe, you'll find it. Explanation of the feast day, which makes me think there's probably lots of explanations of feast days on the website, which is great. And it was very readable. There's also a coloring page. So Our Lady of Guadalupe coloring page is on here. So I, thought, I know that was yesterday, but you can find it uh, for upcoming saint days. So you have the right materials and the printer friendly images to um, give to students, which is great. So this is interesting because we talk about saints quite a bit on our podcast and we, we do talk about how, you know, sometimes <laughs> even the most, even the most well-known of our, um, our Catholic figures, 
I think there's more to the story than we may realize. So I, I would encourage people, even if you think, you know, the whole story of a saint, go read the whole story, go dig in and learn more. I'm just, I'm amazed at the the fullness of the story of our lady today. So I learned something. Thanks, Jill. Of course. All right. That's the bell. Time to get back to class. There's always more ideas than time to celebrate them, but we are certainly going to try to do our best. We drop episodes three days per week throughout the school year. So send us your ideas and share the love with your fellow teachers. You can send those to catholicteacherslounge.com. The Catholic Teachers Lounge is your haven of hope to exchange ideas and affirm your efforts. We'll see you next time. If you have more classroom ideas than recipes saved to your Pinterest boards, you might be a teacher. Teachers have a built-in radar for good ideas. As Catholic school teachers with students with special needs, we're always on the lookout for ideas to adapt lessons to help all students. Fortunately, Loyola Press is known for their commitment to inclusion in the classroom. They've created resources like Adaptive Finding God Faith Formation Program in consultation with the National Catholic Partnership on Disability. Their multi-sensory Loyola learning tools serve children's different skills and abilities, building on each child's strengths. You'll find picture cards, plush toys, foam puzzles, flip books, puppets, music, and lots more. They even have adaptive learning kits for sacrament preparation. Isn't that a great idea? Visit LoyolaPress.com to learn more. Loyola Press Adaptive Learning can equip you to create a welcoming, inclusive, and respectful classroom for all.